Please note, if you're listening to this, you must be 18 years of age or older. This podcast contains adult themes and may include descriptions that listeners could find offensive. Thank you. Death is my gay boyfriend. I'm in a consensual poly relationship with him and my dominatrix fury girlfriend who kills me. It's great. At Mix American Pie from Twitter. Hello, this is G. I just want to let you know that in this episode, there's going to be spoilers for the game Hades, Boyfriend Dungeon, Fallout 4, Fallen London, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, Persona 5, and Pixel Puzzle Makeout League. If you want to know when we talk about these games to avoid spoilers, you can look at the timestamps that are in the show notes. Hello, this is G. And this is M. And on this, the 41st episode of the KMB podcast, what are we talking about today, M? We are talking about polyamorous representation in video games. I don't know why I started off that energy, but I'm going to stick with it for right now. Stick with it. So we're going to talk about polyamorous representation in video games. All right. And this is a topic you chose. Yes, I chose this episode. And any particular reason why we chose this or just want another nice low-key episode? I really like things that mix. Like, I like I enjoy topics that mix several of our topics because, you know, for our our audience folks who have been tuning in for a while, like we kind of rotate our topics, a kinky episode, a nerdy episode, a polyamorous episode. So today's episode is actually a polyamorous episode, but I really want to incorporate some of those nerdy elements in there. I thought, I've been playing a lot of video games. I have some good recommendations of good video games that have good polyamorous representation. I'm really excited to share. And then some not-so-great representation. Okay. Now, why don't you uh, get us started then? So I know... Well, hold on. I know we love to, like, provide definitions, but I assume at this point that everybody in our audience knows what polyamory is and know what video games are. I would hope so as well. But, you know, in case you don't, (laughs) polyamory is... No, if we were professional podcasters, Pied Pipers, we would have the episode up that talks about... Do we have a polyamory 101? We have, like, a kink 101. That is a great question, actually. I think we talk about types of polyamory at some point. I'm now curious enough to... So I think in our very first episode, which was according to my podcast app, Defining Ourselves and Our Terms, I suspect we go over... We probably do. ...in that episode. That's a good point. So here we are at the 40... 41st. 41st. Why is that a difficult phrase for me to say right now? Because you had one glass of the... Gewürztraminer. Gewürztraminer. Yeah. I actually don't even know if that's the way that that's pronounced. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I might be pronouncing it wrong anyway. Yeah. So anyways, here we are on this episode, and we're going to start off with uh, a game that has consumed much of my time. Okay. A game that had come highly recommended to me that had been on my wish list for a while. I have now played through so much of it that I have accomplished what I would say is most of the content. However, there's always gems that sneak in there. And this is the game Hades. Yes. And uh, G, you also have played some Hades. Yes. Hades, which is by Supergiant. Supergiant. Yep. Which also made Bastion and... Transistor and Pyre. Yes. So Hades is a roguelike game where you are playing Zagreus, or Zag, I think, mm-hmm. as he's known in the games. Yep, Zag. And you are trying to... Zag is the son of Hades. Zag is the son of Hades, and you are trying to escape Tartarus. Right. And... uh Everyone is against you, including your father, Hades. Right. And it is a roguelite. Yes. Uh, So it has kind of like roguelike elements, but from all of my friends that have played roguelikes, it is not as intense as a traditional kind of roguelike setting. Yes. So I think in a more hard, I don't want to say hardcore, but a more traditional roguelike, Whenever you die or you're, you finish your run, uh, you completely reset. You don't carry anything over, which works for some people. But I think, I think the reason we're seeing a lot more of these roguelite games is people don't like having to start from scratch every single time. Uh, so having that sort of uh, progression of like, Okay, so I didn't win this time, but I still earned some stuff, which lets me buff myself a little bit. Right, it gets, me, it gets me up to a point where I can maybe do better on my next run. Yeah. Yeah, and I actually, this was my first roguelite that I had played. I really love, first of all, the, the art is beautiful. Oh, yeah. The music is great. Yeah, Supergiant does not skimp when it comes to the art or the music. No, definitely not. Uh, The voice acting is superb, in my opinion. So it is uh, a very good, I think for me it was, you know, it was a great introduction to roguelike games. And uh, I had already played Bastion before and Transistor. So I already kind of knew a little bit what to expect. But I would say even having played some of Supergiant games before, this one just kind of blew them out of the water in a way. I think it received many awards. Yeah, I think um, even if you discount like how many times you have to replay it due to the nature of the game, it's still story plot wise like their biggest game. Yes, so definitely I would you know highly recommend checking it out for all of those parts of it. I definitely recommend checking it out just on like those basic features of the game that are just so amazing. But much to my surprise and happiness. The game is uh, very openly um, accepting of polyamory. Yeah. And you get to uh, have a polyamorous relationship if you choose to kind of explore that. So before we get into the details of this, because something just struck me. If you don't want to be spoiled on Hades. That's right. You don't want to be spoiled on potential relationships. I'd suggest you uh, look at the 
show notes and see and the timestamp for where the timestamp i tell you to go after i finish editing this podcast yes yes definitely so yes this will definitely be spoilers so right off the bat you are one of your first bosses that you face as zag is your uh i believe she's like your ex-girlfriend yeah megara megara yes yeah uh one of the furies mm-hmm. and you know, it takes many runs to get to the point where you can, like, start to, like, kind of build a relationship with her again. Yes. Because she's very disappointed in you. Very disappointed in you. Yeah. What was the cause of that, anyways? Because it's been a while since I was at the... Basically, I think it's a combination of she feels like Zag is just throwing his life in the underworld away. Mm. And also... His attempts to leave Tartarus are causing a lot of chaos right. throughout the realm. Mm-hmm. And that the chaos undermines the order which uh, protects the, the denizens of the house. Right. Yeah, so uh, they are not on super friendly terms in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can slowly start to build the relationship back up. And it every single run you get, like... a. It's a random kind of chance, I guess, of when you're going to get these little dialogue snippets. Uh, So you just need to keep doing runs to basically unlock these these different routes. And so how far did you end up making it with Megara? I'd gotten to the point where she had sort of resigned herself. Like, she'd kind of given up on the idea of keeping Zag in the house. Mm -hmm. And sort of... At the very beginnings of sort of restoring the friendship. Okay. So, yeah. And something to know, too, about Megara is it does bring in, this does bring in a little bit of kinky because she does wield a whip. Mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. We like that. I mean, personally, I don't, but. <laughs> I we, just meant. <laughs> uh, but we do like, you know, kink representation. Kink- po- positive kink representation. Positive kink yes. representation. So. Uh, later on, you know, when you've romanced her, they they have a an interesting moment where you can infer some things are happening in Zag's bed mm-hmm. with some whipping sounds going on. But you also have uh, someone else who comes into Zag's life, or who is in Zag's life, Thanos, or am I part of Thanatos? Thanatos, not Thanos. Why? Where do I get Thanos from? Avengers. Oh, I'm mixing them all up. The Thanatos. big purple guy. Okay. With the rings. Thanatos is not Thanos. Not the rings. The brace, the, the gauntlet, the, the jewels. Okay. The purple guy. Okay. That's Thanos. Mm-hmm. And Thanatos. Thanatos. Is Zang's kind of brother, in a way. But, like, not like that. <laughs> you know there's some fan fiction right now. Yeah, like absolutely. That. I'm sure I could bring it up right now. Yeah, they're sort of kind of stepish brothers. Are they even stepbrothers? I like- guess not. They're definitely raised believing. Yes. Um, Zag was raised believing they're his stepbrothers. Right. But that was when he thought Nyx was his mother. Right. I don't think it's. So now they're less brotherly, but certainly he was raised in a way that Thanatos was brotherly yeah. to him. And for some fan fiction writers. Absolutely. absolutely. That is definitely That's their thing. Definitely the thing. So as you go through, you are also go through your runs. 
you slowly build up a relationship with Thanatos. And there are some really interesting dialogues between different members um, in the house. So actually, Zag at one point talks to Achilles about loving multiple people. And I couldn't find the exact quote, but basically Achilles is like, Something about mortals often want to like settle down with one person, but you know, even then it doesn't have to be that way. But like, you know, we are basically immortal and it, it kind of, it gave polyamory. I thought it was well done in terms of the representation is like, yes, you can love multiple people just because, you know, people have done things a certain way doesn't mean it needs to always be done that way. Which, man, if that's not a summation of uh, Zag's ideology. <laughs> I don't know what is. Just because something's been done a certain way doesn't mean it always has to be done that way. Yeah, that's true. And so Achilles is a supporter and a friend and a mentor, I would say, to Zag as well. And then they talk about it. Zag has a conversation with Meg about, you know, would it be okay if I basically like someone else? And they kind of have this exchange and Meg is supportive. And then at one point, we catch Thanatos and Meg having a conversation. Okay. Uh, and it's, you know, they kind of just say, like, you know, Zag, this is a private conversation. So you don't get to hear any of that. But then you finally get to a moment where they all have a wonderful, delightful threesome. Please, please, pray tell, tell me about this wonderful threesome. As most things in Hades, uh, it is brief. Mm -hmm. It is not really shown. The screen goes dark and you hear some sounds. It would be a very different game if it was shown. <laughs> That's very true. There's some little moans, there's some whipping sounds, there's some ooh, ah. Yeah, and then it's just all so happy. And I just really love that they were able to incorporate that little scene in there. And this is if you choose to, you know, follow down their path. And um, because you can choose like who to basically like, ro not really romance, but like who you will get closer to, like develop yeah. your relationship. And so you get to a point where you can decide, like, do I want to keep, like, giving things to this person to become closer to them? So, like, no one's forced into these scenes. Yeah. Um, so overall, like, I think the job, uh, the game, the game does a good job of showing, like, a really nice little polyamorous situation, a little triad. But it is very in these brief little moments that you have. Okay. I feel like... I feel like I remember you asked me at one point who I thought made good um, relationships in Hades. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I replied with, I think... Zag and Megara, right? No, I think I went with Zag, Megara, and Thanos, but in a V formation. Not Thanos, Thanatos. Thanatos. I know, I do it too. Thanatos. In a V. In a V with... Sag as the anchor point. As the hinge, yeah. As the hinge. Yeah. Uh, but it sounds like in the game, it's a little bit more fully um, triangular-y. Yeah, I would say it's not like, because it's so brief, you don't really know how much Thanatos and Megara have developed, especially because you're playing as Zag. Yeah. So you can kind of extrapolate, but I think you could see it either way as a V or as a triad. Okay. So that is that. And this is where you will put in that now we have safely crossed over from Hades to the next game. So that way people can skip. Yes. 
This is a good point. Now we're going to talk about... Boyfriend Dungeon. Boyfriend Dungeon. This is a really cute game. It's so cute, and I have to rave about it. And gee, I have to thank you for getting me into it. Because as I recall, you had it for free. Yes. Briefly, and let me explore it. And then I was like, I have to get this game. Yeah. So I so Boyfriend Dungeon is a dating sim, but it is a dating sim like no other dating sim that I've played. Now, I love dating sims. They're some of my favorite genre, like the genre just, I love it. I love how ridiculous it can be. I love how cute it can be and how wholesome it can be. There are some things about dating sims that frustrate me. And actually, Boyfriend Dungeon does a great job of getting rid of those elements. First of all, instead of going through like a static story, you are basically dungeon crawling. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, Boyfriend Dungeon. Also, to clarify too, boyfriends are not the only thing that you get in the game. There are other types of partners too, not just boyfriends. You have girlfriends, you have person friends, and you even have cat friends. So the diversity of the characters is really great. But something that other dating sims do is that they often have these annoying little like mini games or like timed things that you have to like do just right. Or the dialogues themselves, when, the di when you have dialogue options, if you choose something, you have to really be careful because you could lock yourself off from a potential romance if you choose the wrong thing. Yeah. But in this game, some things that I liked is that it does away with all of those mini games. Instead, you have this dungeon crawling thing where you can, uh, quote unquote, die, but you don't really die. You just like come back and then you can keep exploring the next time. So there's nothing like lost in that sense. It doesn't compromise the story or the relationships that you're building and the dialogue options. You can choose any dialogue option. There's no quote unquote right answer. You, so you should really act from like what you feel. Um, so I really like it that and there is just a, a brief content warning that if you do play the game, there is some uh, there's a character that does stalk yes. the player character. Yes, if I remember correctly from the time I played it, there is a warning at the beginning of the game, uh, but there definitely were some people on the internet who did not feel that warning was sufficient because it's kind of a major plot point. I guess they inferred from the warning that it was something more optional. Right, more more minor, perhaps. Yeah. No, but in this case, it I think it is a, an important part of the story. And so, like, just know ahead of time, like, yes, it's, it's there. Yeah. You will be forced to deal with it. So as a dating sim, it's great. And then, of course, here we go. One of the best parts of the game, you can be polyamorous. It openly embraces that. You can date as many people as you want. And so the premise... Of a little bit. Well, gee, do you want to explain like a little bit of like how the gameplay works and like what these who these people are? Okay. I'm not sure if I can remember the characters. That's okay. Uh, names. I kind of remember um, what they look like. Just say um, like a general like yeah. Okay. So the game is you. Oh. Uh, a little side note. One of the things I love about this game is that you get to choose your pronouns, uh, and how you look. Uh, so you can, you know, look masculine and use she, her pronouns. You can look feminine and use he, him pronouns. It's, you know, I always appreciate it when a game gives you those options. Uh, but that doesn't have to do with polyamory. So, oh, yeah, I forgot to even mention that. Well, it's technically not a main part of the episode. But yeah, so in the game, you are visiting your cousin at Verona Beach which I think is an actual real place in close to L.A. I love that you remember. I love, G, that you remember these details about 
stories. <laughs> and this is no offense to Yuji. Okay. But you will literally forget <laughs> some insert important thing about relationship here, which is fine. <laughs> But it just it's so wonderful that you can remember that this took place in Verona Beach, which I will have, you know, I forgot the name of that place. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I love stories. You're really good at it. Yeah. So go ahead. So they're at Verona Beach. You're at your cousin's uh, place. You're at your cousin's place. And the whole point of going to Verona Beach is that you're kind of had a sheltered existence before. This is kind of your attempt at striking out a little bit on your own. Uh, your mom. Yes, your mom. It's definitely your mom. Yeah. Uh, is texting you. Though there is an option, I think, to yes, decrease the a, amount. Not decrease the amount. I think you can totally get rid of it. As okay. a matter of fact, at the very beginning of the game, before you start, it says, like, you will be receiving messages from a person called mom. If you want to turn these off, you can turn it off. And I like that, too, in case you don't want to have, like, yeah. trigger some things, or maybe it just makes you uncomfortable. But, yeah. yeah. So yeah, this is kind of an attempt for you. Like, Sir Strike on your own, and your cousin encourages you to go go dungeon delving because <laughs> that's just an activity they do at Verona Beach. That's right. It's all uh, the it's the new um like it's like a you get paid for it sort yeah. of. And there are people in this world who are weapons, and they just they just are weapons. Like, they can turn into weapons. Yes, I. Let me clarify. They they have a humanoid form, but they also have a weapon form that they can turn into at will. And so you meet up with some of these weapons and they intrigue you. Yeah. And you're able to partner with them. You can go because, you know, a weapon can't handle itself. Wield itself? Wield itself. It needs a wielder. It and that's what they're called. A wielder. A wielder. Yeah. So uh, you need to work with your weapons in order to successfully delve into these dungeons. Um, and when you get out of the dungeon, you can actually date them. Yes. So the ones I remember are there is African-American businessman. Yes. Who's got a father who's really judgy. Yeah, he's an asshole. Yeah. We don't like him. There is... The woman that you really liked. The woman I really liked who's... Kind of anarchist, from what I remember. A little bit, yeah. She does, like, um, spray paint yeah. stuff, I think. Um, then there is... I want to go with himbo, but not, like, blonde himbo. Oh, no, you're talking about the um, the the suave guy. Yeah. He's not a himbo. He's really nice. I mean, he's I, just... There's nothing derogatory with himbo. It's just... There's not? Well, I mean, maybe with some people, but... I'm not trying to use it in a derogatory I sense. I see. Okay. I mean, I mean, more I always took Himbo as derogatory. Uh, I mean, all right, maybe. I don't know. I'm not trying to use it in a derogatory sense, but I guess I am implying that. Well, no, I don't want to imply he's not smart, but he's just very sort of party focused. Yeah, he's very, he's into partying. He's into like, you know, living his life up and. Very in the moment. In the moment guy. Yeah. Yes. And that's, yeah, he's definitely not, I would not say Himbo. Maybe it was Swap. just like, I think the first image of him I saw was him with like an open shirt uh, and the long hair. Uh, Glorious. Yeah. Um, so those were the three weapons. Oh, there is also, also, there was Scythe, who was non-binary, was like, you don't know what you're doing. Rowan, I want to say. Rowan. 
Rowan, yeah. Yep. Um, they're non-binary, and they're a very cool character. At first, they're like, you don't know what you're doing. Right. And, you know, I'm going to be moody and gothy in this uh, <laughs> Victorian house. Yes, yes. Moody uh, and gothy, yes. I'm going to have a pet crow, because <laughs> that's just something that people have. It's so have. cool. You don't know what you're doing, and I, I, I can't really acknowledge you, but I'm somehow... Somehow you're tugging at something I don't understand. I'm just supposed to be so isolated and moody. <laughs> uh, interesting. <laughs> I, I I don't know if I agree with your impression entirely, but but I can see your point. Maybe I I really like Rowan. I I don't think I got that far with Rowan because uh, I, I kind of stopped playing after yeah. I met them, which is a shame because like really good stuff. And then like there's a lot of different characters, so. They all turn into different weapons and they each have different styles and you can unlock like special abilities and stuff, right? Yes. Or something. Yeah, as you like develop your relationships with them. It like yeah, unlocks so different things. African American businessman turned into an S-Doc. Mm -hmm. Anarchist lady turned into a dagger. Mm -hmm. um, in the moment party guy turned into a scimitar. Oh, you remember these. That's wild. I'm going to be like, what day do we start dating? <laughs> well, I think I thought we started dating before you st thought we started dating. We started dating that day that you took me out on our first date to the Thai restaurant. Okay. I don't. Do you remember the Thai restaurant? I do remember the Thai restaurant. Okay, you got that going for you. I remember uh, you thought it was a combination comic book store and Thai restaurant. What? Yeah, because it was like, no, not comic book store. It was like co combined uh, game store and Thai restaurant because it was like uh, Thai and dice. Dice and Thai. Dice and spice? Spice and dice. Spice and dice. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Well, also, we had that wonderful live music playing that night, and we stayed so late that they had to, like, basically gently kick us out. Yes. You're like, we're closing. Mm -hmm. Anyways, that is to say that uh, you don't remember the day. I do not remember the day. I don't either. So back to the story. <laughs> um. <laughs> but I remember the story of the Spice and Dice, kinda. Kinda. Alright, so, so, uh, what were you saying? Um, I was describing the weapon types. You were amazed that I was oh, able yeah, to remember the weapon types. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's also, you get brass knuckles later. Okay. From a cat. Are you dating the cat? Yeah, sort of. It's ambiguous, but yes. Okay. You can technically get a happy ending with the cat. How happy of an ending? <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have phrased it like that, should I have? That's like no, an you should not have. For something. Sorry, folks, I'm eating cheese. We'll just wait here in anticipation, dreadful anticipation about what you're going to say next. No, it's just, okay, so this cat lost or something, or is, and then you find them, and then you, you save them from a mean cat, and then, oh, it gets weird. <laughs> so then, like, you, the owner, like, finds your number or something, and then... The owner's like, oh, well, you can play with my cat. Like, just make sure that like, he gets home safe or whatever. So, like, you have a cat friend. And then at the end, you end up in, like, 
magical cat wonderland. Okay. Briefly, where like all the cats love you. Am I making this up? Hold on. <laughs> I feel like I might have like maybe had a dream and then blurted that dream with the game. Okay. But it's nothing weird. It's nothing sexual. Okay. Not think- that that would be weird. I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. I'm sorry. Just that it's not of that nature. Okay. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. I think so. Because this isn't like pet play. Yeah, it's an actual cat. It's an actual cat. So yeah. That's like veering into... Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't veer into the sexual stuff. So. Which makes sense. The cat's name is Pocket. Okay. He transforms into Brass Knuckles. And we should have also put at the beginning of this whole conversation that now we're starting spoilers for Boyfriend Dungeon. You know what? I'm just going to insert. I'm just going to insert the beginning like spoilers for these topics. And I will put timestamps for when we're talking about those topics. Uh, Speaking of cats, I want to get in. And be where the people are. Yeah, that's my cat in the background, folks. Okay, I cannot remember, but why did I think there was some, like, magical... Cat Wonderland? Cat Wonderland. I must be making that up now. But there is a good ending. Okay. Also, I will not spoil who this person is. Because I think everybody needs to experience it. Or should I even mention this part? I don't know, I didn't get this far in the game. (laughs) No, I know. Now I'm conflicted. Maybe I'll say it and you tell me if you think that we should remove it. Okay. One of the characters will break up with you. That doesn't seem... I mean, it's spoilery. It doesn't seem super bad to me, but I also don't play dating sims that much. No, here it is. Here's the cat Wonderland. (laughs) Sorry. This is Pocket in the cat Wonderland. Okay. Cat happiness. Where the rivers are all Oh, hold on, I just and... saw a picture a picture with the dialogue thing that came up in there. How do I do? You sense Pocket has been fighting for you, literally clawing to get you accepted here as a sister cat. So Pocket gets you in, in Cat Wonderland. <laughs> I knew it was real and wasn't just some bizarre dream I made up. Not like the time where you thought I said Carl Jung was Korean? That's right. <laughs> I literally thought you said Carl Jung was Korean. Young, young, whatever. (laughs) I also hallucinated that T was in the laundry room last night. So I texted her, are you done with the laundry room? And she said, I haven't used the laundry room all week. So anyways. (laughs) So, sorry, get back to your original question. I don't play dating sims on the regular, so I don't know if that constitutes a big thing in dating sims, that somebody will break up with you no matter what. I thought it was really good to go through. Okay. Like. Because rejection is a part of life. Because rejection is a part of life. Yeah. And I think it was done really well. So overall, this game is amazing. Highly, highly recommend. I've had people say that even though they normally aren't into dating sims, they actually enjoyed this one. The diversity of the characters in gender and race and age and species. Yeah, I was not expecting Kat to show up in this dating sim. It was just really all around a great game. And I hear there might be some DLC. Okay. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. I also love a sequel. Yeah, I remember like there's like a barbecue towards the beginning of the game. 
Um, yeah. There's a barbecue towards the beginning of the game where you talk to somebody who turns into an axe, I think. Yes. And it's like, hey, I'm not going to be around right now, but maybe I'll be back later this summer when the DLC gets sold. He doesn't say that. But, but that's kind of what he's saying. Yeah. Except the DLC has not dropped yet. Yeah. I don't think. So that's unfortunate. Because um, I was really looking forward to also, you know, exploring that character. Yeah. All right. And that's where we end Boyfriend Dungeon. Boyfriend Dungeon. All right. All right. It's all you for like one, two, two, two more. All right. So as you've noticed, I have not played uh, either Hades nor Boyfriend Dungeon to the end. Uh, so I'm not able to talk about them as much as M is able to. And Honestly, I've not actually played Fallout 4, but I have played the Fallout video game series. So that's my. That is your take meds time. That that is my take meds time. Yes, uh, but I have played the Fallout series. So I'm going to I'm going to talk about Fallout 4 because. In the game, you're allowed to roam every romance option. You're allowed to romance at the same time. And there are no uh, negative consequences for romancing everybody. Uh, because, as the director says, people in the post So, this is not a direct quote, I'm kind of... Paraphrasing. Para paraphrasing, thank you. I was about to say paraquote, I was like, paraquote. I thought right. you were about to say parachuting. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> people in the post-apocalyptic wasteland of Boston don't care if you're dating other people as long as you treat them well. <laughs> That's cute, actually. That's not exactly what he says. He, I think he says, like, people don't sweat that in the post-apocalyptic wasteland, but... Right. So, yeah. Um, you are allowed to date everyone. There is, uh, there is negative There's a slight negative consequence of openly flirting with someone while you're around another, another one of your romantic uh, partners. Mm -hmm. But, you know, even polyamorous people experience jealousy absolutely so i don't feel like that is completely outside the realm of possibility definitely so yeah i mean it's uh i'd say like the main knock against it is that there's no like acknowledgement of the fact that's polyamorous it's just you can romance everybody um and then i from what i gather like nobody just really talks about it right so it's more like it's not really acknowledged officially. It's just sort of like passively there. Yes. Yeah, I think the thing that we like about both Boyfriend Dungeon and Hades is that not only is it, I mean, you can look at lots of media where there's multiple partners, but it's not open. I mean, it's not always positive representation. And often it's very um, heterofocused. Mm -hmm. uh, like it's heteronormative. heteronormative. It's usually like one man and multiple women. So it's nice to see these polyamorous, like it's always nice to see something that's openly polyamorous as positive representation is not so heteronormative focused. So yeah, Fallout 4, you can, you can date everyone that you're allowed to romance in the game. And then uh, I do want to talk about Fallen London, uh, which is a game I have, actually played a not inconsiderable amount of. Uh, so Fallen London is actually a web game. It's a browser game. And one of the things I like about Fallen London is that it's not, it's not combat focused. 
I find a lot of games are default to using combat as a way to express gameplay mechanics mm-hmm. because it's a relatively easy thing to simulate. There's a clear like start and end point and yeah, it's relatively easy to simulate inside a game. But the thing I like about Fallen London is sort of a social game. Like you're trying I mean you can like fight your way through it, but it's basically it's the same as like doing other stuff of like you spend resources to do go to the fights. And it's more of like a text adventure mystery game where you're sort of trying to navigate the social landscape of this of, of Fallen London. I think it used to be known as Echo Bazaar. I know that because I talked about it once with R. And uh, he told me it sounded very familiar. And when we okay. compared notes, he's like, oh, yeah, I used to play this back when it was called Echo Bazaar. Oh, interesting. OK. So it is a web game. Uh, you can form a lo- bunch of different relationships, but there are uh, two specifically polyamorous relationships you can be a part of. You can have the mathematically perfect triad. Is that what it's called? Like that's a. Yes. Wow. OK. And uh, or you can have an endless parade of paramours. Okay. And yeah, I I don't I find like when I do play Fall in London, it's usually like I I, I binge it for a couple of days. So I'm not like a long time player. Mm-hmm. It just uh, it's it's got a a sort of a, it's a free to play game. So there's like a there's only so many actions you can take at a time. And after a little while, I get like, well, I'm tired of waiting for this action bar to. Uh, to uh, refill i just want to do the stuff but so i haven't gotten to the point where i could get either of these things but it's nice that it's in there in the game and again it's not not viewed in a negative light i mean frankly like considering the amount of weird stuff that happens in fallen london it's a very weird game like the premise is that london got carried away by bats into the into caverns below the world and that's like before that's like the prehistory that's like the history of the game like that's not even including like the weird stuff that happens when you're in the game interesting okay yeah i never heard of it yeah you might like it uh, it's also got uh, another thing in its favor is that you can choose any name uh, like you only have like a character portrait but you can choose any name any pronouns any character portrait and in any combination that you want oh so recently uh, in a game that came out very recently, so it's actually uh, a hot topic to talk about, unlike a lot of our topics. Tina's Wonderland has a, uh, a polyamorous bridge and architect. Yeah, I heard this from T, and I just love this idea. It makes me, this alone makes me want to play the game. But Tina, Tiny Tina's Wonderland, right? I think it's just Tina's Wonderland. Oh, is it just Tina's Wonderland? Okay. Yeah, yeah it's... Uh, I watched T play a little bit of it, so I have not played this one myself, but it looks like a ton of fun. Um, it looks very queer friendly and it has this like polyamorous little thing. Oh, yeah. Best character creator I've come across in a long time. I don't know if T, T got into this with you, but nothing is gender. Uh, when you're selecting by type, it's just like this one or that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the voices are all uh, like gruff a gruff b like nothing is gendered i love it like nice. you, can, you can pick whatever you want there's no assumptions you can pick your pronouns and the other 
uh, NPCs, the other uh, characters will refer to you by your pronouns Mm -hmm. and you can change it whenever you want, which as somebody who's gender fluid, that is the dream right there. Yeah. Um, And that's similar to Boyfriend Dungeon also has uh, pronouns that you can change anytime. And you can also change your character at any time, if yep. I remember correctly. So yeah, again, the dream. What what I'm really saying is I want to be a shape changer. <laughs> shapeshifter? Shapeshifter, thank you. Uh, yeah, I could totally see you as a shapeshifter. So yeah. So all I know is that there's this bridge architect who builds a bridge, and the bridge is polyamorous. I, I think specifically the architect is polyamorous. I, mean, I, I mean, I don't think the bridge ever talks, but basically... Uh, the, the architect says, like, well, I'm in a committed relationship with this bridge, but I'm also in another relationship with other bridges. But we all know about each other. <laughs> That's so cute. So, yeah, that is just, like, one side quest, but it's very cute, and I like it. And I do enjoy Tina's Wonderland, and if you do play it, I'd be happy to I'm play with I'm slightly less enthused about the game, because I literally, when T explained that it was a polyamorous bridge, I thought the bridge talked, and I thought that... <laughs> The bridge told the architect, I am in love with you and all of your other bridges. That's what I imagined in my head. So now I'm slightly disappointed. Oh, I'm I'm sorry to crush that particular dream. You did. You crushed my... I'll just have to make a fanfic about it. Uh, you know what? Now that you put that out there on the internet. That's right. It's going to be out there. I hope whoever makes it just credit M at KM Podcast. Okay. So, um, yeah, and then obviously there are um, uh, mods that can make things like, okay, so we're done with like the the kind of good slash interesting representation of polyamory. Yeah, I mean, there's not a long. Yeah, there's there's not a a long list of things. It's, I mean, I feel like polyamory has only become relatively mainstream, relatively mainstream in like the past decade or so yeah past decade or 20 years and that's not really enough time for it to have gotten into the public consciousness enough that you know you know i like video games i also recognize that people who make video games are trying to make a living right and they're trying to appeal to like so you know if you're if you do niche content that means you can't expect like a whole lot of you can't expect like a big audience for it which is why like 80s is probably pretty monumental because it openly explores these things and it's yeah won several awards and it's just like kick-ass amazing game that had yeah. like lots of support but there are mods for games um and i don't play with any mods but i have heard from somebody who plays stardew valley that typically you can only marry one person i think but in the there is a mod that lets you marry multiple people yeah so I if I, if I were to take a guess that if there is one one game company which has a lot of mods which lets you date multiple people, it'd be Bioware Games. Okay. <laughs> Between Dragon Age, Mass Effect, heck, even going I, I don't know how big the modding community was back then, but going back to Jade Empire and Knights of the Old Republic, mm-hmm. like there's always been a lot of interest in like I mean half the fun of a Bioware game is like talking to people and like right. building, relationships. building relationships. Yep. So I would not be surprised. Like I saw that there was definitely a mod for Dragon Age. Okay. But I would not be surprised if all of their games on PC have mods to let you date multiple people. And uh, 
yeah so so yeah i mean there's unofficial content out there uh you know turns out there are a lot of nerds in the polyamory community who also like video games and or it could just be people just want to date multiple, multiple video, people. video games yeah it doesn't have to be polyamorous people because of course like um you know sometimes it's just wanting to explore you know the dialogue with different people and yeah um experience like whatever the game has for that particular person and of course even outside of all of that there's people who just might not be polyamorous but are polyamorous adjacent yeah who also like enjoy and now that i was thinking about it it could also be like a bit of a time-saving future like if you're in it to like experience the story yeah, uh, then you don't have to replay it like you don't seven have to re- times. Or... You don't have to replay the whole game just to see the story arc with this right. one relationship. Yeah, so you it, it does save time, definitely. And that's actually something that I'll uh, kind of transition to now is like some not so great representation. Okay. But it gives back to this thing about time saving a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so there is um, like one of the uh, series that I love, Persona, the Persona series. Uh, typically you can date uh, whoever you want but there are in some of the games there are consequences and some of them are there are not i'm just going to talk about persona 5 because it's like the biggest most recent one Um, so in persona 5 you have options to date different um, girls you're playing a male character and whenever you become close to a, a girl it normally prompts you and says choose your words carefully because it's implying that like at this point, whatever you say makes a difference on like your romantic relationship with them. So unfortunately, because of that mechanic, sometimes I've chosen the wrong thing, even if I didn't want to be, even though it literally is it's warning me, what you are gonna pick is gonna put you in a relationship with this person or not. And I just like can't find it in my heart to be mean. So whenever I go into these games, I always go in thinking, okay. I am going to do a full harem run. So I'm going to romance everybody. Okay. Or I'm not going to romance anybody. But then I get the first person and then I'm like, shit, I can't, I can't do the harem run. And why? Because in Persona 5, it is cheating. It is not, it is not known. Like you are basically hiding it from everybody and I don't like that. And even though this is a character in a video game and it would save time for me to have to repeat it so many times to see the different story arcs, each of the different girls, I can't bring myself to do it, even though it's just it's just a game. Yeah. Even though you are a thief of hearts, you cannot steal the hearts of your compatriots. I cannot. Just one. One or none. So the Persona games, yeah, if you do, I have heard that the harem run, basically, if you do romance everybody at the very end of the game, you do get punished for it. The girls all find out and they basically beat you up. Okay. But you get like some interesting, cool new cutscenes from it. So there's that. I mean, on one hand, that's not great polyamorous related. Uh, not great polyamorous related. Uh, representation. Representation. Thank you. But also, if somebody actually did that in real life, getting beat up, I feel like is. <laughs> an acceptable consequence yeah i know there was a lot of different reactions from people like some people thought like oh that's not a harsh enough punishment like they should all just like stop associating with him because like they all become friends like again afterwards and it's just like okay that's done i mean i feel like that's a very japanese trope Mm -hmm. it is a trope yeah 
So I wasn't surprised when you said that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a trope. It's uh, just it's just a Japanese one rather than a Western one. Right. Yeah. But nonetheless, some people were disappointed that he didn't have greater consequences on his actions or anything like that. But yeah, I couldn't bring myself to do it. And um, then there's uh, one other game that I'll talk about. And this one I just finished recently. I have been getting into nonograms, uh, which some people might know as Pycross. Okay. You're going to have to actually explain what these are to me because I've seen you do it a couple of times. And I've just been like, is this just Sudoku with numbers? And I think the one time I said that out loud, it's like, it's not Sudoku with numbers. Sudoku is already having numbers because you fill in with numbers. This one, the numbers are on. A, so a pie cross or a nonogram for people who are uh, tuning in who don't know for our audience folks. It's like you have clues on the top of the columns and clues on the left side and those correspond to groupings of filled in squares okay and so your job is to figure out how do we how do we fill in the appropriate squares to create a picture it's basically a pixel picture so you don't really know what the picture is and some people do colored ones which can add like i mean i've heard some people say like it's easier because like then you can kind of like see the picture coming together and stuff like that and it's certainly pretty but like I play it for the logic behind it. So like the, okay, I'm cross-referencing these clues for like, should I fill in this square? Okay. So you're slowly trying to figure out which squares to fill in. So it's like Minesweeper, but you're trying to get a specific picture? Yes. Okay. I understand now. Yes, exactly. And so um, you use the numbers at the top and, and the left to figure out which squares you're supposed to fill in and which ones you can't. So there was a cool game that I thought, oh, this sounds interesting, called Pixel Puzzle Makeout League. I mean, it combines dating sim okay. with nonograms. And a makeout league. And a makeout league. That's the dating sim part. So I was really had high hopes for this game. It did not do it for me. Okay. Uh, was it the, the nonogram part or the... Everything about it. <laughs> Everything about it. It's just general, general disappointment. General disappointment. I would not recommend this game if you're into um, nonograms. I will, however, highly recommend a different nonogram game, uh, which I played called Murder by Numbers. Okay. Uh, which is a murder mystery nonogram game. Absolutely brilliant. Okay. However, Pixel Puzzle Makeout League, which I was very excited about, I was curious if they would give you a polyamorous option, and in some sense they did, and then they ruined it. Okay. So there are, I think, four people that you can date who are all puzzle superheroes just like you. You play Pixel Girl, who is a uh, a puzzle superhero, and there's uh, three other humans, but then there's also one puzzle piece from the planet Puzzle Planet uh, who you can date. I'm sorry, a a puzzle piece? Like a... Yeah. Like a walking puzzle piece. A walking puzzle piece. Yeah. That's got the... Like a piece of... Okay, continue. You learn a lot about, like, the inequalities on Puzzle Planet, because apparently it's, like, a very strict... uh, Cast? Cast system. Okay. Where the corner pieces are, like, the highest. Okay. Then the, the... edges are like the second class okay and then everything in the middle is third class so anyway there's a very serious caste system on puzzle planet 
But I was really excited to play this game. So I thought it's silly. It's cute. It's got nonograms. I'm excited. There, the, there's a villain. Okay. And he just goes by villain. And then as you get to the end of the game, so you can go through all these different routes. And to get to the ultimate ending, you have to go through all of the routes. So you can go back and like go through, like let's just say I pick one of the characters to go on a date with. Then I can go back and I can do a different one. So I was like, okay. And then to get to the true ending, you, um, you know, you do all the endings, you get out, and then uh, you have to fight the villain. Yeah. Um, the villain, villain. The villain, villain. Mm-hmm. And basically, you find out that... They were all the villain. No. Okay. Sort of, actually. <laughs> actually, sort of. <laughs> That's not so far off. Um, so you find out that you have actually been time traveling. All those times where you were, like, just going back thinking that you were just, like, picking another dating route. Yeah. Obviously, you had been, like, repeating that time period. Okay. So everyone thinks that they romanced you solely. Okay. Whereas you think that you've been on dates with everyone. Okay. And so then you're really confused. So then you're like, well, wait, this is my boyfriend. No, this is my girlfriend. And then they're like, but wait, how did you start dating that person? And whatever. And then they start fighting over each other. And so it's, like, very much not. Because they, they've only experienced one timeline. Okay. Where they were romanced. Yeah. Then what kills it all is, um, you know, you're actually asked to, like, pick, pick one of them. So okay. You can pick one of them. Or you can say my best friends. Like, you can basically, it's like, you know, who, who do you want to live with or not live with? But who do you want to, like, you know, I don't remember how they phrased it. And then... Uh, it's like gives you the options of the four and then it's like my best friends. And I was like, you know what? I just choose my best friends because I went with all of them and I love all of them. Yeah. So I choose my best friend. It doesn't matter what the fuck you put. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Is a villain suddenly gets taken over by a evil demon thing. Wait, the, the villain villain is superseded by another villain. Another villain. Okay. And then you have to stop the villain. And then the, the villain inside villain. Right. You just have the villain inside the villain. And to do that, you have to talk to the villain. Okay. And he basically tells you that, like, in a way, each of the super powered people, like, were basically because of him. Okay. Like, she got his powers from him. And anyways, and each of them is like... Not they're like sort of like a piece of him, if you will. They represent a part of him. Okay. And then you end up in like a void. Okay. Where the villain now knows you've successfully been able to defeat the villain inside the villain. And by the way, this villain has been antagonizing you the whole game, right? Just the villain, not the villain inside the villain. Right, just the villain, the original villain. Okay. Uh, And he realizes now that he has to go back to his proper home. Okay. Okay. And what do you do in that moment? You kiss him. Now, here's the thing. He was not a romanceable option. He literally antagonized you. You literally start the game kidnapped by him. Okay. I hate his fucking guts. Okay. And then suddenly you're forced to kiss him. No you don't choice get a in choice. That. You don't get a choice. Okay. Not a fan of the enemies to leverage troop? No. Okay. No, and then all of all of obviously all of your um 
your your buddies are gone. I chose my best friends. They're all gone. Okay. And um, the world has to be reborn. That's how the game ends. What? Yeah. <laughs> the world has to be reborn? Yeah. I am not fucking kidding you. I didn't realize you were dealing with world universe ending stakes. I didn't either. But you know, like, I expect some level of ridiculousness from dating sims like that. Like, as I told you with Hatsuful Boyfriend, the okay. pigeon dating game. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember. Uh, you know, I got the bad ending, which you were like, I didn't know there could be a bad ending to a pigeon dating game. Yeah. Uh, Hawks, right? Hawks. Hawks came and, and yep. murdered all the pigeons. Every single one. So... You know, I, I anticipate some ridiculousness from dating sims, especially at the end. However, I did not like that you essentially, like, could date everyone, but then couldn't, and then they fought over you, and then you were... Didn't matter what you did anyways, because you were going to end up with villain. Okay. I hate it. So, that ends my, uh, situation. Uh, so, uh, if you'd like to support uh, our podcast, you're always welcome to donate at the link at the bottom of the show notes. And please share this podcast episode with your friends, lovers, weapons, weapon lovers, weapons lovers, pigeons. Pigeons, yeah. Of course. Before they get eaten by the hawks. <laughs> and with that, this is G. This is M. Don't be afraid to love how you love. Love what you love. And love who you love. If you'd like to get in touch with either M or myself, you can tweet us at KMP Podcast. You can find us at knppodcast.tumblr.com or you can email us at kinky.nerdy.poly at gmail.com. I see probably at least one small cube of cheese was eaten. You know, this reminds me of the time when I gave when I had string cheese at my place. Mm-hmm. And uh I got it specifically because you requested to have spring cheese at string string, string, cheese? string cheese at my place. Uh-huh. Um and I was like, oh, you want some of this this uh, string cheese? And I'm like, yeah. So I gave you one. I got one myself. And I was in the process of opening it up and beginning the process of pulling down the string of the string cheese. <laughs> when you just <laughs> opened up yours and just took a big bite out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>